Welcome back to Wrestling Retold and Relived with Richie Mars. I, of course, am your gracious host. Wait for it. Richie Mars. And today I have a fantastic guest, another returning guest, DFD Don't Follow David, is always back here in the building. And we just wrapped up, uh, not WrestleMania backlash, it's just backlash. The way it should be. Absolutely. How'd you think about tonight's show? Honestly, I'll, I'll give this like a nice, I, we talked about this beforehand, but a nice mm-hmm. little 7.5 out of 10 stars this pay-per-view was, was pretty damn good. Yeah, especially the crowd. The crowd was wild tonight. And as I, as I expected, if you, if you saw SmackDown prior to this pay-per-view, you kind of had that feel to it that you knew what was going to come, what was going to come. <laughs> This Saturday for the pay-per-view, and it really did not disappoint, to be honest with you. And especially you. I know you're a big Bad Bunny fan. How important has Bad Bunny been as a celebrity into the wrestling business as a whole? So for me, I mean, I started listening to Bad Bunny in 2017 on SoundCloud. So I will say (laughs) I was one of the originals, okay? So I'm going to put it out there. Um, I'm always... I'm usually not a fan of, like, you know, having these newcomers or, you know, part-timers, whatever you want to call them, come into the company and, and really, you know, cement themselves into the, the the company. But, you know, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul, they've done things, you know, whether it be... Remember, wrestling is uh, an entertainment industry, and you, you can say that Bad Bunny is not the best wrestler out there, but... Damn, he entertained the hell out of us. Same thing with Logan Paul. He's a great wrestler, too, honestly. And he entertained the hell out of us. Um, So I love to see Bad Bunny doing... And, and what's more important is making things believable for us regular wrestling fans. And he did exactly that. Bad Bunny put on a performance of a lifetime, and shout out to Damien Priest who made him look like a million bucks. And of course, the main event being Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Do you think this helps the momentum of Cody Rhodes as he gets to that next shot at that WWE World Heavyweight Championship? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a one, two, or three, and he he got that over Brock Lesnar, mind you. This was a <laughs> this was a bloodied Brock Lesnar, and I loved every single second of it. Now, with Brock Lesnar, you kind of understand and kind of know what you're going to get from him. Uh, whether it's like a 15-minute match or a 5-minute match, you, you, you understand his M.O. at this point. He's a, he's a beast, and that's, that's saying it in like the lightest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um knowing all his accolades from the UFC and even WWE prior, like, you know, and even before that, his amateur wrestling background, he's just done so much in his life, and you knew what was going to come of this guy. And I think every single win helps Cody Rhodes get to that next point. And especially after such a big loss against the most dominant champion we've had in recent history. Yeah. Him getting this win not only furthers that story of him getting that next shot, but also Brock Lesnar isn't done yet. You know, Brock Lesnar <laughs> now has more of a 
of a reason to go after Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes drew first blood. Literally. You know, so I can't wait to see what Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar do. I can't wait to see the process of Cody Rhodes and, of course, the process of the Bloodline storyline as a whole. And I think this year it's going to be a too longevity storyline it's going to be smackdown it's going to be all about the downfall of the bloodline and raw is going to be the uprise of cody rhodes and i can't wait to see when those two storylines come head to head if that is the plan right i mean it, it kind of makes sense like like we just touched up on uh post backlash you saw solo just giving these certain looks and he's a future star too. Oh, one thousand percent. I mean, you you can see it from a long time ago that this guy could easily be a future world champion. I mean, this guy, mind you, he hasn't even worked too much on the mic, and you could already see it. Almost taking after he carries himself yes. like such a star, and it's incredible. He is a, a young Umaga, to be honest with you. You know, a guy who never had too much mic time. But his performance and his aneurysms kind of just speak for himself. Just explosiveness in the ring, too. And it's all there. The look, just everything is there for him to just take it to that next level. I agree. But this episode isn't going to be about backlash. This episode is about a legendary performer. A legendary performer that we grew up on, we saw on television every single week. This legendary performer has influenced the masses of current day wrestling. And you see it. We are, of course, talking about Eddie Guerrero. The legend, Eddie Guerrero. My favorite wrestler. I'm going to put it out there. My favorite wrestler of all time. And I said this before he, unfortunately, you know, passed on to the next life. He was my current favorite wrestler, and he... Since then, since I proclaimed that, he has always stayed my favorite wrestler of all time. And he is the whole package. What makes Eddie Guerrero the whole package, in your opinion? I mean, if you if you look at all his body work, he has, no matter heel or face, he had the charisma. He had the reaction, whether you liked him or hated him. He had the in-ring ability, which is so important, especially to like the die-hard wrestling fans, not WWE fans, the wrestling fans who really understand what wrestling is all about. You know, he had all of that. You know, he he brought you in to the storyline, whatever whatever the storyline is, whether it be <laughs> fighting for the the contract or I should say for the custody of Dominic Mysterio. You know what I'm saying? Like it. No matter what type of situation he was put in, you believed it and you were invested in it. And it's so crazy how his influence is still met to this day with the current Dominic Mysterio storyline, with the current LWO faction in general. And I'm just going to say a little fun fact about the LWO. The LWO wasn't originally for Eddie Guerrero. It was originally for Conan. But since Conan was with the Wolfpack at the time, mm. they gave it to Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero wasn't really keen on being the figurehead of the LWO. Right. He thought, okay, I get to select the the best luchadors on the WCW roster. But eventually, it became more of 
I'm just babysitting these guys because they can't really talk on the mic. Right. And unfortunately, that LWO storyline cut was cut short due to Eddie being in a car accident. And I just want to say the difference between WCW Eddie and WWE Eddie is almost night and day in a lot of regards. Because WCW Eddie was the Shawn Michaels of WCW in a lot of ways. Just performance-wise. Like, you were going to get a quality match no matter what. Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc 97, that is probably one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. And it's incredible that it's still being talked about to this day. Not even like almost 25 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or and just mentioned in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what makes Eddie for you your favorite wrestler of all time besides that total package? Was there a moment where you're like, yep, that's the guy? I mean, so I'm, I want to say this. Taking away his passing from a, a side here, because I know a lot of people, and I, I know we touched base on this off podcast, that a lot of people nowadays like to jump on the bandwagon as far as new wrestlers, you know, who done A, B, and C, or this guy passes away, you know, they're my favorite guy type of thing. No, for me, he was just. He was so he brought me in every single week. Like he his in-ring ability was unmatched, okay? Whether he was a heel or a face, he just I remember him wrestling Rey Mysterio, his own tag team champion partner, and having some great matches with him. And then turning around, you know, say a couple months later, and next thing you know, he's taking on Rey Mysterio, his own tag team partner or a former tag team partner, and having great matches with them, with him. And, you know, they lost the belts and whatnot, but he brought you invested in those storylines. So he had the in-ring ability. He had that charisma to want to hate him or love him. He he had everything you needed in a wrestler. You know, he had the look. He really just... He... When you're talking about a wrestler, up up professional performer Eddie Guerrero in my opinion in my opinion is someone you want to just you know just have a nice little uh, you know just have someone to look at and just be like okay this guy did all this I want to be that when I grow up I agree 1000% with that and Eddie Guerrero Eddie Guerrero, to me, falls in that same category as Chris Jericho, where you see this guy as this total package who could cross over for not only being a wrestler, but being a superstar. And there is a distinct difference between the two. And I don't think a lot of people understand the difference between a wrestler and a superstar. Yeah. When you saw Eddie in WCW, for the most part, you saw him as the wrestler. When he went to WWE, at least for his first run, he was that superstar. And sure. then when he came back and got rehired by WWE, he was the perfect fusion of both. I agree. I 100% agree. And the quality that he had in that post-addiction era that he had was a phenomenal body of work. It's almost like he crammed in an entire career 
that a normal person would have in WWE or as a wrestler. And he crammed that in all in three years until his unfortunate passing, which is crazy because he had that legendary storyline, like you mentioned, with Rey Mysterio. And I think a lot of things that Eddie did, the subtle or the facial expressions that he had, because I'm not sure if you remember the SmackDown when him and Ray faced off and it was after Judgment Day. And this is where I remember this era because this is when Eddie was growing his hair out and he was like blonding his hair a little bit. And Ray defeated him straight up on in the main event at SmackDown. And Michael Cole was like cheering, saying, get him, Ray, get him, Ray, yeah. And Ray pinned Eddie and Ray was celebrating. And then you see Eddie's face go from anger to like a slight smirk. And you were like, what is he planning? And that's when the whole custody of Dominic storyline happened which happened because bruce pritchard read an early copy of eddie guerrero's book and eddie mentioned that he had a different relationship when him and vicky were separated and he had another daughter kaylee marie and bruce said well why don't we just make that the storyline that Hmm. ray and angie his wife We're having trouble conceiving a child. And Eddie was there to help out in that process. And that's when the whole bedtime stories with Uncle Eddie. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And it was this like combination (laughs) of creepy and just sinister. But it's just like you get so entertained and engrossed by it. And you want to see this guy get his ass kicked. And that led up to their Judgment Day match. And I still remember the finish to this day. Where it was the frog splash to Ray. And Dominic's at ringside. So it's like eight-year-old Dominic. And Eddie just does like the watch with his eyes. And he does like the cocky pin where it's like he's hooking the leg. And then Ray just turns that to the crucifix pin. And just counts it out. And then, oh, the, the secret is safe. The secret is safe. And then the next SmackDown, Eddie just goes... I lied. And you're like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. And it was revealed that in storyline that Dominic is actually Eddie Guerrero's kid. Right. And that's that's the thing about Eddie, like his timing with the storylines and his timing with everything, everything that he said, even in his promos, which were freaking elite, by the ways, was just so spot on that he knew when to take it to the next level. And you know what? Went to just, you know, like you said, he lied. <laughs> that's that's all he does. You know, he lies, cheats, and steals. That's just that's just part of the Guerrero name. Like, if you know any type of Guerrero, you should know at this point something might be up their sleeve a little bit because Yeah, if you shake their hand, you gotta turn around their back to make sure their fingers aren't crossed. Exactly, yeah. In storyline, <laughs> you know. And the crazy thing about that is I think Eddie Guerrero has the best, like one of the best babyface promos and one of the best heel promos. The heel promo going when he first turned on Rey Mysterio and he was doing that promo with the ripped mask with the blood on it. Oh, which amazing. Which is so phenomenal. Amazing. And the best babyface promo when he was talking against Brock, talking about his addiction, talking about being addicted to the high and how that cost him everything. And then he had to build himself back up. Being very open. And like we said in the Jeff Hardy episode that you were a part of, it's really 
rare when you see someone be so open like that in that setting. It's almost like a TED talk, but for men. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I uh, I one hundred percent agree. Eddie to me was just, especially back then. You know, he had every like you would tune into SmackDown. I don't want to say just to see him, but like. When you knew he was coming on screen, you knew something magical was about to happen. Whether it be in a wrestling match or a promo or even a segment, whatever it was, like this dude was producing gold. It was always quality television when he was on screen. And going back to the Rey Mysterio storyline, that storyline happened from, if you want to go all the way back, yeah, from the last week of... 2004 all the way till September which is crazy hmm. because that last week that was the first pin that Rey Mysterio had on Eddie Guerrero right yeah and then Rob Van Dam got hurt right 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 and then that's how Eddie became Rey Mysterio's tag team partner in No Way Out in <laughs> February and then that whole storyline happened with them for WrestleMania 21 and Eddie Guerrero said himself that the feud with Rey Mysterio was to elevate Rey Mysterio to that next level. And at this time, it's so crazy because Rey Mysterio is such a big name in wrestling that he wasn't considered a big name then. He was considered, you know, cruiserweight division, tag team division. He could kind of interact with the main stars sometimes, but he's never going to be that main event player. Exactly, yeah. Eddie Guerrero gave him that platform to succeed in a solo capacity above that cruiserweight division. Yeah, even when you saw, you know, Eddie eventually turn on Ray in that same storyline that you mentioned, you know, he he brought, and I, I don't mean this... <laughs> It's it's a pun. Uh, he brought the heat, you know, to uh, to WWE and wrestling, and even Ray in general, uh, by ripping up, ripping off his half mask at times, and just watching a bloodied Ray, his own best friend, mind you, and they were very close, you know, in wrestling and real life. So it wasn't just, you know, television. And especially at that time, because they laid down the formation beforehand that they were best friends. Like you saw in the years prior that they were interacting with each other. When that storyline happened where Eddie Guerrero was attacked backstage and Rey Mysterio was checking on him, he thought Chavo was the one that attacked him. Right. You know what I mean? So there was those seeds planted, and I think wrestling is kind of missing that nowadays with those little seeds planted. And I think they're starting to do that more with the whole Bloodline storyline. But think about that. That hasn't happened in years. And they laid down that formation of Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio becoming best friends. And now these best friends are coming ahead. And Eddie Guerrero trying to, as silly as it, as it sounds, <laughs> trying to adopt his son in order to get a <laughs> victory, quote unquote, on Rey Mysterio. And it was such a smarmy thing to do. And during that whole segment, I'm not sure if you remember the whole child services se segment where the child services is like, all right, Dominic, you have to go with Eddie. And uh, Rey Mysterio was just like, you will never beat me. And Eddie is like, 
of course I beat you. I have Dominic. Bring me my son. And he's trying to act like, like he's, you can tell he's frustrated, but, but he doesn't want to lash out in front of child services. Right. And then Rey Mysterio just calls him a, 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 a chicken poop for PG <laughs> audiences. And Eddie Guerrero is just kind of like wide eyed. And he just kind of smiles at a, uh, <laughs> at, at the uh, agent. And he, and he's like, the only person who knows I'm that is you. <laughs> that I'm not that. And Ray's like, all right, Eddie, one last time. A ladder match for the custody of Dominic. And let's be honest, it was just to have a ladder match between the two. <laughs> and uh, the agent was like, I think you're both nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as silly as a reason as that was for the custody of Dominic, of Eddie trying to undermine right. Mysterio, through yeah. it really shows that conniving side of him being that heel and that really did dominate SmackDown for the better part of that 2005 era because Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero through the draft through the main event storylines were always that consistent constant that that show had yeah so even to to build on that you know once that storyline you know kind of came to an end with between Rey and Eddie um, you know, you saw like the in-between stage, if you want to call it that, between Eddie Guerrero and Batista, who was the the current world heavyweight champion at the time, that you just never really knew what was going on between Eddie Guerrero. Like, was he actually telling the truth as far as wanting to be Batista's friend? Like Bautista. You, Bautista, absolutely. He wasn't. So this this was the thing. He wasn't being the malicious Eddie that he was used to with Ray and all these other opponents. Yeah, recap that storyline, the Eddie Guerrero and Batista storyline, which was Eddie Guerrero's last storyline that he was a part of. Yeah, no, it was for me, it was it was something else. I mean, that that storyline like started, you know, once he got past Ray and everything else, you know, he kind of set his sets, his his uh, sights, I should say, for the World Heavyweight title. And again, with Eddie Guerrero, you just never knew what was behind his sleeve or what was under his sleeve or what he could do. He was very unpredictable. You know, you saw him kind of making amends, if you want to call it that, with with Batista kind of being very conflicted with how to go about things, you know, whether it hit him with a chair. Like he, like he saw the light. Remember, it was a Palmer Cannon. Oh, I think God. it was. Never mention uh, him again. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, he was the network, quote unquote, executive. Yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> which is interesting because his initials are PC. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and Teddy Long was going to announce Rey Mysterio as the number one contender for Batista's World Heavyweight Championship, but Palmer Cannon snatches the mic and he says Eddie Guerrero's the number one contender. You know, and Eddie Guerrero was might have been feigning being Batista's friend right. for a certain extent just to lower down that sense of security so he that could guard become down, right. uh, the world heavyweight champion in the future. And uh, I actually took some notes. This is during the early developments of the podcast of Eddie Guerrero versus Batista. That was going to be one of the main episodes, but it's better to talk about it right now, right? Why not? So the whole 
storyline of Eddie Guerrero evolving this character as this reprehensible person that almost took somebody's child from him (laughs) into trying to become Batista's best friend and doing all these like it was a little bit of is he on Batista's side? Right. Is he trying just to convince him he's on Batista's side? You just didn't know. You didn't know and that led to his final pay-per-view match at No Mercy, which was, as a match, it's fine. As a character-building experiment, it was perfect. Because I never understood when people said, Eddie Guerrero works like a big man. I never understood that until I watched this match. And how he cut Batista down to size. And he was doing things like the frog splash to the lower back, which is where... Eddie was focusing on his attacks. Right. And the ending is Eddie's conflicted about using a chair to attack Batista with. And he was conflicted, mind you. He and was. he threw it to the side, and then the finish is Batista finishes Eddie Guerrero with the spine buster. Right. Which is Batista's secondary finishing move. Of course. So that's usually a hint that, all right, there's something more in store for the storyline. And a part of the story, unfortunately, it was only halfway told that Eddie Guerrero and Batista were actually bonding. They were actually friends during this whole ordeal. Yeah. And I'm going to break some news on you for them. I'm going to put my own theory on what was going to happen. So the big draw during this time was... Survivor Series Raw versus SmackDown. So even back then, we had Raw versus SmackDown. Of course. For brand supremacy, which means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. But it's a good it's a good thing to like hook your viewer in to be like, all right, we're promoting this. And the announcement was Batista is going to lead Team SmackDown against Team Raw, which is headed by Shawn Michaels. Right. Of course. And I think the reason why Batista was actually on this team because uh, he was world champ at the time was I think Batista was. Was actually had a legit back injury. So I'm going to tell you the scenario that I think could have happened. We don't like doing fantasy booking, but I'm doing context <laughs> clues from the information that's been scoured over the internet and over the books that I read. So the popular theory is... Eddie Guerrero would face Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 22. I will say right now, just because it's pitched does not mean that was the plan. Of course. I do not think that was the plan. I agree. So, what was the story heading towards with Eddie Guerrero and Batista to kind of loop back together? Batista wrote in his autobiography that the plan was that they were going to build trust and Eddie Guerrero was going to stick it hard with a heel turn. Mm. But how would that happen? Because the SmackDown before Eddie's passing, it was announced it was going to be Batista defending his world title against Randy Orton and Eddie Guerrero. Right. And some people thought Eddie Guerrero was going to win that match. And there were reports even saying the same thing back then. Back then, but I can confirm now by... Uh, reading Batista's book because he has a first-hand account of what happened. Of course. That was false. The plan was for Randy Orton to win that championship. Hmm. And then Batista would get time off, which is why Batista was in that big tag match. And the story was Eddie Guerrero would 
stick it with Batista with that heel turn. So when would this heel turn happen? It would probably happen at Survivor Series. Now imagine the heat Eddie would get for costing Batista SmackDown the win yeah. at Survivor Series, which would build into their feud. But I ask you, during this time, you know what WWE like to do with smaller guys? They like to pair them up with bigger guys. And who was a bigger guy that was going to make his debut in 2006? Mark Henry was mm. going to return. So imagine Eddie Guerrero. Mm. And this is all speculation. I have no proof otherwise. But imagine Eddie Guerrero finding a new best friend <laughs> in Mark Henry. So he gets his heater so he could face off against Batista. And after the Batista feud, I don't think it was going to be Shawn Michaels. You know who I thought it was going to be? The Undertaker. Wow. So the Undertaker versus Eddie Guerrero with Mark Henry at ringside at WrestleMania 22. That's what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Wow. That's that's definitely uh, – yeah. Wow. Because they were kind of building – Batista versus Randy Orton if Batista hasn't hadn't got hurt during that time. Yes, that I do remember. And yeah. with Undertaker versus Eddie Guerrero, there were reports during that time, during that fall house show tour. Like, you know how they like to go overseas for their house show tour? Of course. And course. usually this is the time where they kind of confirm the WrestleMania card. The matches were Eddie Guerrero versus The Undertaker. And the matches were surrounded by this is according to former smackdown head writer alex greenfield the matches were around the undertaker's eye that's what the match was working around so you know mm. like raking the eye like hitting the eye yeah of course yeah, which yeah, is yeah. such an eddie thing to do oh one thousand percent you know because eddie is about five seven five eight at most <laughs> and undertaker is six ten easy almost seven feet what better way to even the playing field by taking out somebody's eye. It works. So that's what I thought WrestleMania 22 was going to be. It was going to be Eddie Guerrero versus The Undertaker, and that would have been a phenomenal match, a dream match in my opinion. Especially back then, like, with Undertaker's streak alive, and, well, you know, again, you had Undertaker still, still giving out great matches, you know, regardless of his age or anything like that. And you had Eddie just coming week in and week out, just giving phenomenal promos or matches or whatever you want to call it. You know, he was just on top of his game. Some really do say that he was just at the peak of his career by the time he passed. And I I really can't argue otherwise. What do you think was Eddie Guerrero's defining promo or his best promo? I think I think you you kinda of touched up it touched on it a little bit earlier with the whole Brock Lesnar the addiction uh, promo exactly yeah just 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 mentioning you know how real it was because it was it was real you know coming back from everything that everything that he came back from and ultimately winning the WWE title he didn't see somebody who was his size as WWE champion right you had Chris Jericho for a spell and that reaction wasn't great <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he Chris yeah. Jericho later rectified it with his 
later World Heavyweight title runs, but his WWE Championship run when he beat Stone Cold and The Rock at the same night. I'm yep. not sure if you heard about that. After that, it didn't really connect with Eddie Guerrero against Brock Lesnar. It was the legitimate first David versus Goliath match I remember watching. Yeah, really, it really was. It really was. Like, you saw the whole crowd go crazy. Uh, you saw, I believe it was Eddie's mom was in attendance as well. Eddie's mom and his brother Mondo. I mean, <laughs> who knows if they even knew about it. Probably not, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And to see Eddie, Eddie, a guy, like you said, David versus Goliath, and to see David win that that bout in the way that he won, I mean, tell me that does not open doors for everybody else behind him. It was one him. of those matches where I don't think anyone minded the interference or forget there was interference in that match because <laughs> Goldberg just took down yeah. Brock Lesnar Yeah. yeah. And during that match. And Eddie actually tried to cover him after that spear, and then Brock kicked out and mm-hmm. then countered that F5 into that DDT yep. into the title. Kind of. It didn't really hit, but we don't mention that part. I hated my book. And then that frog splash was money. The go-home move, right. Yeah, the go-home move. And then it's like the ref slow count, one, two, three, and then Eddie Guerrero finally did it. And it was just a great moment for people who – were the same size as Eddie, who didn't think they had a shot at winning that top championship to actually be like, hey, it's possible. If you have the tools, like Eddie had the tools, it is possible to achieve that goal. Eddie had, Eddie, like I said earlier in the podcast, I mean, Eddie was the full package between promo work, in-ring work, you know, storyline work, segments, like this dude could bring you into it. Do you think over time there was an over-reliance on Eddie Guerrero's name? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue against it, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, I feel like we're, we're, in, we're in an industry that kind of builds on that. You know, when, when they see... That builds on nostalgia, you're meaning, right? Builds on nostalgia. Not even nostalgia, just, just the name itself mm-hmm. so when they see fire and i'm talking about wwe and making storylines work you know it's so hard for them not to throw more more oil into the fire or, or more more wood into the fire right. you to, gotta follow where the cash exact, is coming from unfortunately yeah. yes you know depending on how you look at it yes like you know. any business you know it's like you you see if something works you kind of gotta pump money into it i mean what was the first shirts that we bought from WWE? They were Eddie Guerrero Memorial shirts. And you, you know, know what? what I mean? And it's funny you say that because I had, uh, on a side note, I had my mom come come back from uh, from from Florida for two years, and she I specifically told her to bring me that shirt. I have that in my closet right now, that I don't think I'll wear, but the fact that I have that in my closet. Because of when I did buy it, yes. I mean that you're a one thousand percent correct. Yeah. Because he, here's how far they were kind of like pushing Eddie's name out there. Our first live event was a Raw live event, and they were still selling 
Eddie Guerrero stuff. Correct. Yep. And we were just like, we were so in on Eddie at the time. He's your number one favorite wrestler. He's my personal number two favorite wrestler. Chris Jericho being the number one. Which is a great pick, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And it's just so wild that his influence still spans to this day. I uh, asked a Facebook group, shout out to the Solid Monster Sounds Off Facebook group, about their favorite moments of Eddie. And this individual said to me, Eddie was one of the first guys, at least to me, that made being a heel look cool. And he said during like that 97, 98 period, WCW Hmm. heel. And just from my experience of watching WCW, Eddie, there was, he was swag before swag was a thing. He was, (laughs) he was Riz before Riz was a thing. I agree. You know? And I don't know what it was about Eddie, but he had perfect timing with everything. Not only just the moves in the ring, just like comedic opportunities. I remember there was a WCW backstage sit. Uh, there was a WCW backstage segment where he accused of all the luchadors of stealing his wallet, <laughs> and he made all of them to, and he made all of them unmask, and they ha- had like a police lineup. I'm not sure if you've seen this video. But they were just like unmasking, and then uh, like they would unmask, and Ed Guerrero was like, "Oh, oh my God, were you in a fire or something?" And then uh, he would go to the next one, and he's like, "Oh man, why are you wearing a mask? Come on, man, you look pretty good. Come on." And then he, uh, then another person unmasked, and he was like, "Oh man, I missed you at the family reunion. Come on, man, slap me some skin, man. you know." And it was just like one of those things where. He was demeaning the luchadors, but at the same time, you couldn't help but smile because <laughs> it was so entertaining. Because that's what he does, <clears throat> regardless if he's a, a, if you're hating him or loving him. Like he just brought your eyes to the screen, and he just brought the feelings out from beneath you. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. another person said he started watching wrestling in February of two thousand three, so this was a couple months before I started watching. Okay. And he remembers Eddie really getting over with the United States Championship over that summer, his feud with the Big Show, and that parking lot brawl with John Cena. And yeah. really establishing that United States Championship division because before before WCW was bought out by WWE, right. the United States Championship wasn't a thing. So it was left dormant for a bit. And then when the roster split brands, SmackDown retained the U.S. title – Eddie Guerrero was the first United States champion under the WWE banner. Correct. And just seeing the kind of lying and cheating and stealing he did and really doubling down on that gimmick was so entertaining because he started off as a heel. He was hated. As he usually is. But when he turned heel on Tajiri, everyone was still cheering him. (laughs) because he was so entertaining and that's the thing that was amazing because this was at a time where the rock and stone cold were out of the company and wwe needed new stars how do you hate something that you can love and make you laugh so much what was your favorite eddie guerrero cheating moment (sighs) i mean all right so i there's honestly to be honest with you there's so many because we all know the one where you you know you hit the chair down and right. then you just toss it to the opponent and then 
the referee turns around and you feign the injury. You know? So I'm going to be very cliche here. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's been so many Eddie moments where <laughs> where he's gotten away with with lying, cheating, and stealing, or at least attempted to lie, cheat, and steal. And the best answer I can give you at this point in time is possibly his last one. And I, I, and I feel like it it only makes so much sense in the end that this was his last match. That between him and Mr. Kennedy, you know, slamming the, the, the chair on the on the mat, tossing it to Mr. Kennedy as the rep comes to and just <laughs> and just lying on the mat as if he just got knocked out. And the ref realizing it, asking him, You hit him? You hit him? And ring the bell directly after. And, and listen, I know he's done that multiple times or different types of scenarios like that. But that one will always stand in my in my head because, you know, that won him a spot in the Survivor Series matchup, number one. And because of it was his last match. And it was... And what a perfect way to go out if that was to be his last match. Correct. I, I, like, like, if you want to describe Eddie Guerrero in a nutshell, like, that was the match right there. You know, like, it wasn't the frog splash or anything like that. Like, <laughs> like it's Eddie Guerrero just, just cheating to win <laughs> without yeah. even hitting your opponent with a chair? I mean, come on. Like, that's prime EG right there. You, you want to know what my favorite cheating moment was or a cheating fail it was? He was having a match with Rey Mysterio, and he was trying to do the deal where he put the belt the on title, Rey yeah. when he was on. <laughs> and... Yeah, and he was trying to wake the ref up, and then Ray turned the tables and put the title on him. And Eddie was just kind of like trying to crawl to say, "It's like, oh god, I have this belt, I have to get rid of it." And then the ref kind of caught him red-handed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and Eddie just kind of tried to play dead. And then, <laughs> and then Ray Mysterio was kind of laughing, and Eddie Guerrero was like, "No, no, no! He put the belt on me like this. This is how we do it." And he like mined the whole thing. And then pointing to Ray to say that he's faking. He didn't actually get hit by the yeah, title yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's it's that's what that's what Eddie does. Like regardless of what side of the coin you are, it's like it was lar- like a lot of his moments were largely comedic, <laughs> but when he had to wrestle, he can wrestle. Like. Like, I remember, I think you, was it you that had the ECW DVD when we were watching? Yes, kids? yes, and yes. And it had that Eddie Guerrero DVD. I still Lingo have that, match. by the way. Yeah. still have it. I still have it. And I think we both still have that Eddie Guerrero documentary yeah. DVD, too. Great, greatness, you know, honestly. And we would just watch it over and over and just watch in awe of how <laughs> this performer evolved over time. Because Eddie Guerrero was a wrestler's wrestler. Like, whatever First, yeah. people criticize Daniel Bryan of being of just being a wrestler with no character. That's kind of what Eddie was yeah. during the independence to the early days of WCW. Exactly. And then he started evolving into that character, that lie, cheat, and steal character. And another person even wrote, while I watched him in WCW, he truly didn't win me over till the Los Guerreros vignettes. That's a that's a great underrated comment right yeah. there as well. They were scamming people and having fun for laughs, and it felt like the first time in a long time, like the WWF I watched in the early 90s, where we got to see characters in their element, which is very true. Because at this time in the Ruthless Aggression era, yeah. you didn't really have vignettes that explored somebody outside of the wrestling business. And this is... 
And this was WWE's opportunity to create those characters of Los Guerreros, which started the lie, cheat, and steal type of moniker, which they would be known for. And what Eddie would be known for until his passing. I mean, I, I believe, if I'm not even mistaken, I believe his, even, his DVD was even called, like, Lie, Cheat, and Steal. Yeah. Right? Che- che- <laughs> so, cheating, death, stealing, life, oh, Eddie Guerrero I mean, story. <laughs> c- come on. <laughs> it doesn't tell you everything you need yeah. to know about Eddie Guerrero. I mean, like, what what won't? What will? Like, it's... Eddie Guerrero was exactly that. He was just a human rocket fire. Do, do you have a favorite Los Guerreros vignette? Because they played off each other so well, Eddie Guerrero and Chavo Guerrero. <sighs> That, cause I I have one. I, all right. So one of my I don't know if I if it's my favorite, but one of my favorites mm-hmm. is, I believe they were golfing. Yes, that was my favorite one. Yes, yeah, your yeah, same yeah, one. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where where Eddie I think it was Eddie who, who was ver- Eddie and Chavo were versing you know so and so. So they would do these little vignettes to promote the team when they weren't on the <laughs> show, and. They would be in different scenarios. Like one, they would just be walking down the street and stealing stuff from a mom and her baby. <laughs> and there was one where Eddie stole the wallet, the chains, and then oh, Ed Chavo God. stole like the like the baby's bottle. Yeah. And Eddie's like, "Why do you have that?" And, he, and Eddie and Chavo's like, "Come on, man, I had, I had to take something." Right. And he's like, "Fine." He's like, mm, "Be good for some coffee," <laughs> you know. And the golfing one that we're referencing <laughs> is that they want to play golf, and these guys are being pretty racist towards the Guerreros. Of course. And Eddie and Chavo just kind of go like, whoa, hold up there. <laughs> it's like, it's like whoever wins, it's winners take all. So the beginning of the vignette is Eddie Guerrero and Chavo not doing so great in golfing. And then as the vignette goes on, they would cheat their way into winning. Like Chavo would like hit their golf ball with his shoe. Yep. They'd be in like the golf cart and Eddie would just be like, all right, I scored this, 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 this. And he, he, he said, I had like five strokes and <laughs> eh, give me two, <laughs> you know? And then it's like the end of it, it's like, come on, winner takes all. They get like the Rolex watches and stuff. Oh yes. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. You're right. And yeah. then he's like, come on, man, it's five minutes till next tea time, which was the caveat that kind of triggered them to challenge them for the winner takes all. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one of my favorites that, that always stood up, stood out in my head was the, uh, the golf course ones. I mean, just yeah. straight comedy. There's also one where they were at a pool. Do you remember? Um, like they rang an old woman's, uh, doorbell and saying they were testing for leaking pools. yes 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 now i do now <laughs> the, you yeah. that, yes. they were testing for leaky pools yes <laughs> yes <laughs> and, oh my and, God. and then it's like all right we'll te- make sure to test your if your uh pool is leaking and they just threw a pool party yeah yeah <laughs> and the grandma comes out and it's like oh, is my pool okay and eddie's like don't worry grandma your pool is fine which i was like macking on so yeah with like all these babes all around yeah. her yeah yeah and here here's uh <laughs> another one oh i forgot about this one eddie was just the epitome of cool to me when i was growing up watching his storyline with batista had me rolling with the food poisoning truly oh. gone too soon do you remember the food poisoning oh what oh yeah i do absolutely i do so as we referred before, this what was, was that st- doctor's name? Uh, Doctor Barnett. Okay. So, <laughs> so this whole episode of SmackDown, and this is how it was back in the day for us, and we say back in the day, but it's probably like re- more recent for other people. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, 
so this was during where Eddie Guerrero was trying to turn over a new leaf and become friends with Batista before their World Heavyweight Championship match. Best friends. Best friends. Best friends. And they had a match against Eminem, uh, Melina, Nitro, and Mercury. Or Mercury, Nitro, and Melina. I never knew the order of it. All the same. But that was the SmackDown main event. And before the main event were to take place, the whole show was dedicated to Eddie Guerrero having food poisoning. (laughs) I remember this. And he was complaining about food poisoning, and he's like, no, I'm a new man. I have to change. And then you would go to the bathroom and throw up. And Batista's like, yeah, I heard Eddie Guerrero has a tummy ache. Don't (laughs) worry, I got him. And then Eddie Guerrero, like, he's macking on a... uh, The nurse. The the nurse. Yeah. And then, like, the nurse is (laughs) massaging him, and then... You see a close-up on Eddie's face, and he's like, hey, hey. And he's, like, struggling, and you see Batista's hand is on his admin. And Batista's like, what's up, buddy? And he's like, hey, you're not a girl. You're like, come on, what's going on? And he's like, <laughs> Batista's like, don't worry. I got you the best doctor in town, Dr. Barnett. And Eddie's like, Dr. Barnett? And you see the doctor, like, put on the, uh, the, glove, the, ru- the yeah. rubber glove. And... Uh, Batista takes <laughs> takes away the nurse from Eddie, and Eddie's like going through some real, like like <laughs> real struggles there, real, real struggles, and Eddie Guerrero's like, oh, it's a miracle, I'm all set, I'm good, and Batista's like, no, Eddie, let the doctor do his job, and then he just like slams slams Eddie yep. hard towards the table, and then uh, the doctor gives Eddie a prostate exam. Yeah, that was uh, I don't know if that's what he needed at the time, but uh. Uh, at least but Batista was a good friend to make yeah. sure that he got what he needed. And then the ending of the show was Batista versus Eminem. By in himself. A, in, in a handicap for a match, but yeah. Eddie Guerrero still being the good friend that he is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sh- showing, like, uh, good good sportsmanship by saying, it's like, you got this, Batista, while he's still grabbing his stomach. And the finish is, and I th- think it was genius, Batista hits a <laughs> Batista bomb, and Eddie, like, it's like he didn't have a stomach ache at all. And then he just tags himself in, frog slush, boom, gets the win. And then after the match, he's just kind of acting like, ooh, ooh, that did hit. And the frog splash, as we all know, dangerously impacts the, the midsection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he got the win. Yeah, that's all that matters, you know? W's and L's, that's yeah. all that matters in this that's industry. All it is. What is your favorite Eddie Guerrero match? I know it's tough because there's that a That really lot. is tough. That really is tough. Mm, all right. I mean, I don't know if it's my f- favorite, but I'll, I'll say it's like maybe my top three or top two favorites mm-hmm. that I can think of from the top of my head. Like, he's had so many great, like, on TV matches as well, like tag team matches. I remember he had, a, I believe it was like a fatal four way match, I guess, like, for the WWE title against, like, JBL. Booker T, I want to say The Undertaker. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, that was great. That was a... There was a great spot in that match where Eddie does two frog splashes in a row to Taker. Right. Covers him, and then Taker just sets up. Craziness. Craziness. But I want to say, for me, like one of, one of one match that will always stand out for me was... And was the, the WWE Tag Team Champion, Rey Mysterio, versus... His own partner, WWE Tag Team Champion Eddie Guerrero at WrestleMania 21. Now, that was kind of the beginning of the end as far as the tag team itself. Absolutely. But that match was pretty damn good. Like, you were, everybody was thinking, like, could, 
like this was like a like a like a friendly type of environment mm-hmm. but at the same time is at that especially at that point in time like Eddie Guerrero was he could not get one over on Rey Mysterio mm-hmm. and that match was was it was a great match yeah. just think how great that match would have been if Rey Mysterio didn't have his mask troubles that he did during that match right so it's like for me you know I, I know a lot of people and I don't want to say this was your this is yours, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people will will point to you know that steel cage match as well versus Rey Mysterio to finally get that one two three. That that was probably the best way to end a feud where the obsession of Eddie was beating Rey Mysterio at the and that peak. ending was Rey Mysterio going for that crossbody off the steel cage. Yeah, misses, and Eddie Guerrero tries to take the easy way out of escaping the cage. But he's looking at Ray, and he's like, this is my only opportunity. Yep. And then he hits him with the frog splash to finally From the top. get that win. Yo. That's... It's, like, it's just like, oh. like That is the way you end the story with the bad guy going on top. The, the baby face wins Long nine term. times out of ten. Yep. But that one moment, it mattered so much for him and to transition to that feud with Batista. Amazing. Both matches were honestly amazing. Yeah. Uh, my favorite match is also a Ray versus Eddie Guerrero match, but it was from a different company. It was okay. that Halloween Havoc yeah. 97, as I we mentioned before. And it was more of if you were to constitute a perfect match of technical skill and kind of in ring storytelling because they didn't really have the promo story going in it was just announced as mask versus title because during that time eric bischoff wanted all the luchadors to be unmasked Unmasked, right because they he thought they would make them more marketable even though you know (laughs) (laughs) wcw you know it's just like one of those things where the uh, big picture wasn't seen at that time and the match was always Eddie Guerrero going over on Rey Mysterio. However, 15 minutes before the match, they're like, all right, Rey Mysterio's up. And Rey's like, oh, my God, what do we do? And he's like, just listen to me out there. And Rey's like, okay. And it was perfect. And it also had one of the cleanest spots I've ever seen. It was the, you know, when you, like, grab somebody's hand and, you like guide him towards the top rope and he does the backflip into the DDT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the smoothest thing ever. And Rey Mysterio said in his book that they would try to replicate that every time they were in the ring together and it would keep screwing up. Yeah. It was just one, one of those right place, right time moments. Natural thing. And also Rey Mysterio being dressed as the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Was also clean. And Dude. Eddie Guerrero, like the perfect like half black, half gold tights is a phenomenal look and his like demeanor walking into the because you remember he had like uh that theme where it's uh i know chavo had it for a little bit when he was in wwe that slow like, type of yeah yeah was it chavo senior i want to say that yeah chavo classic chavo classic right exactly yeah yeah and eddie was just like like just doing that swag again eddie was swag before swag was it was that's what I'm saying. He was a trendsetter before he even knew what the word trendsetter was. 
Imagine you have the power to bring back Eddie Guerrero for one night for one match. Where would it be? Like, what show would it be? And who would it be against? And to make it a little bit harder, it's just going to be one-on-one match. So no multi-man madness for this. Okay, so my, my, my initial instinct... For one, if it's gonna take place, it's gonna be a WrestleMania. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- it, it's gonna it's easy easy answer for me. Would Would you give him the uh, the whole low rider entrance? Would you do the uh, everything? Yeah. Everything. I'm giving him whatever he wants. <laughs> he gets the low rider. He gets he gets Vicky coming with him if he wants. Like he gets the whole shebang. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now who he would verse? I mean, this. That's a tough question. I'm gonna say now one of my easy answers would be like one more match against Rey Mysterio, right? That's yeah. that's the easy yeah, yeah. answer. Um, low key, not even low key, but just one of my favorite. Oh, low key, you're gonna pick him? Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, with no cabal here. Okay, <laughs> one of my, one of my, I think a match that I think would have been a good technical match and a good, especially with this type of hype around this summer not this summer in particular but a summer in the past i think a good match would have been a nice little eddie guerrero versus cm punk type of match at wrestlemania to really get the top top of the top performers of each guy right there i mean you got the best in the world versus really you know the unclaimed best in the world Mm mm-hmm I mean, I think that's just incredible. And of course, because like, Eddie Guerrero, when he did those independents, when he was fired from WWE, CM Punk was one of his main opponents. So the story is there. It, it's you can build it around it, yeah. you know, and really make it work with today's day and age. Mm-hmm. You know who mine would be. So it would also happen at WrestleMania. Well, of course, <laughs> it has yeah, to you be. Know, it has, it to, has be. to be. And I feel like this person is more or less the modern day Eddie Guerrero. I would have Eddie Guerrero versus AJ Styles. That's a great pick. That's a great pick, too. Because if you think about it, AJ is the American version of what we think of Chris Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. It might have taken him a little bit longer to get those promo skills, some people would say. They're, They're there now. And AJ Styles, people are like, oh, he slowed down. But I'm just like, yeah, but when he slowed down, he added so much more to his arsenal. Like you, the, the calf crusher. The, yeah. Like he still does the springboard 450 at times. And well, What was the uh, – that off the top row, what was that called? The spiral, spiral tap? Spiral tap, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was – like he wouldn't even use it a lot no, too. yeah. And it's just like – but it's like when people stop doing those moves, like he did like the Fallsbury flop, which was the shooting star right. over the ropes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the thing is, they still have him in his arsenal. He might not do it as much, but when you're at a WrestleMania or you're at, like, a SummerSlam. You're going to pull out all the stops. Yeah, and then when you bust that out, you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's from this. And Eddie Guerrero, he also has, like, you know, Lasso from El Paso. He has, of course. Like, you know, of course. he has all those things. And I think Cloverleaf, be, even. Cloverleaf, yeah. He did. Yeah. Come on now. And I feel like that would have been a great, great matchup that we would have had if Eddie Guerrero were still be alive and I, I also want to mention an honorable mention as well which i thought this is maybe who you were gonna say okay versus daniel bryan Ooh, bryan yeah. danielson i think that would have been a impeccable match you especially got, daniel bryan and bryan danielson now you know 
top of his game versus, you know, Eddie's always honestly on the top of his game, but the yes movement, all that. Except for that time, that ladder match where he just screams out, where the fuck was Vicky? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? It worked, okay? It it paid off in the end. Well, you know. Ish. Yeah. I mean, he didn't win, but it's like Vicky was there. The story, the story paid off. Yeah. Okay. So that's all. That's all that matters in the end. So, I mean, you, you know, Rey Mysterio beat up his son. It's fine. It's fine. It's over. He deserves it. Okay. I'll put it out there. He deserves it. I'm just saying, Michael Cole, you started a vicious trend, and we will not forgive you for that. I am fully behind <laughs> you, Michael Cole. Okay. Fully behind everything right. you said. All right, just to wrap up here, what are your final thoughts on Eddie Guerrero? What is one word that comes to mind when I mention the name Eddie Guerrero? Charisma. Charisma. I mean, this – I think I've said it before many times already in this podcast, but he – and I'll say it again. He was the ultimate package, whether it was a Latin wrestler, white, black, yellow, purple, whatever you are promo segments he would make himself look good make your opponent look good selling uh in-ring ability was just untapped like this dude can do it all like he whether you you liked him you were cheering your head off whether you hated him you wanted to to kill him you know so you, you you hated this man like you you tell me Taking a Rey Mysterio, a bloodied, half-masked Rey Mysterio, giving him a a brain buster on a steel steps, didn't want, didn't just leave you with a, a sour, disgusting taste in your mouth, mm-hmm. and then just going ahead and even prior to that, capturing the WWE title against Brock Lesnar, watching the whole arena go crazy. Like he was, he he was my Bret Hart, you know. So, that's that's the w- easiest way I can say. And mm-hmm. as far as I know, there will never be another Eddie Guerrero out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some can take some, can take something from him, but to to give the way and show the way that he did, it's mm-hmm. you you can't you can't do that. My one word to describe Eddie Guerrero would be pinnacle. If you were thinking of professional wrestling or if you asked me what professional wrestling is, I would just show Eddie Guerrero, his entire career. It had the highest of highs, lows to lows, went out the way his character would go out, and he had a tremendous body of work for anything you could think of. If you want a technical wrestling match, I could show you Eddie Guerrero versus Steve Malenko at ECW. If you want a non-stop 15-minute melee, I will show you Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at WCW Halloween Havoc 97. If you wanted to see a hardcore ladder match, I will show you Eddie Guerrero versus Rob Van Dam. I was just about to say the exact same thing. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. If you want a knockout, drag down, no disqualification match, I will show you Eddie Guerrero versus Edge from 2002 in SmackDown. Oh. If you want a main event level caliber match, I will show you Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 20. And I will show you Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar at No Way Out 2004. There are so many different eras, really. Eras of Eddie and different levels of Eddie that 
it's hard to pick one thing. He is perfectly placed in every single match that he's in. It just fits like a glove. He made it work. He made it work no matter what. And since we're filming this uh, on the night of backlash that just happened, I'm going to drop a trivia on here. I'm going to drop a trivia thing right here. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, every backlash match he's been involved with has been for a championship. Hmm. Oh, wow. So just a little nugget of uh, it does if it helps you, it helps you. If it doesn't, then <laughs> you know. Never knew that. Hmm. Yeah. Go figure. But uh, but yeah, you could you all can watch that on the Peacock if you want, or on YouTube. They might have some matches on YouTube. But that has been this lovely edition of Wrestling Retold and Relived. We relived the career of Eddie Guerrero. Thank you, DFD. Don't follow David. Are we going to follow you this week, or are we going to wait till the next episode? Well, you have to find out. Oh, Wait and find out. All right. Again, you could always follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RetoldRichieMars, and you could follow me on the TikTok that is still available in the United States of America at TheOneRichieMars. I, of course, am Richie Mars. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Same podcast time, same podcast channel, TTFN, ta-ta for now.